Control Alt Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 977. At exactly 10 past 7. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, Terry. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Have a nice weekend. Good weekend, and then I woke up to this. <laughs> Do you see any snow out? We don't see any snow yet in Griffintown. I don't see snow, but I yeah. sort of bake my Monday so that I can do my morning walk and I'm not feeling hopeful. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's start where you want to start this morning, and that's streaming habits, which is something uh, my wife and I have been talking about for the last couple of weeks um, because it's getting to the point where you've got to make decisions based on how many how many streaming services can you have before you're spending hundreds of dollars. Well, also, and does does that hundreds of dollars work in your favor while you start cutting more traditional ways of your, yeah. of your cable service because we're spending so much time there? Uh, my habits have been really changed for a long, long time. Um, Netflix was one of them. Disney Plus came in and we got that because we have kids and then Star Wars Nerd Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> but I... For me this weekend, it became very apparent watching all the buzz about the Borat movie that that came out on Amazon Prime. It, it, it's really something to think that major motion picture releases that would have sort of filled up Times Square and occupied all of our energy in, in TV ads is now direct to streaming. And not even direct to streaming with having to pay for it, but completely free if you already have it. It was very eye-opening for me. I know Disney Plus tested this not that long ago with the Mulan live-action movie that was supposed to be another blockbuster in the theater. What they did was they actually charged for it on top of the subscription service. It's making me realize that we are in a very different user behavior, consumer behavior mindset. Did you find that it's bizarre to you to watch that complete idea of movie theaters, waiting for the movie, having to line up, having to go buy your tickets in advance. It seems to have completely dissipated now. Well, it has. I think the pandemic has a lot to do with it, for sure. For sure. I think movie companies, you know, keep pushing back releases that they, they spent a lot of money on, that they expected to earn a lot of money off of, like James Bond being one of them. And I don't know what kind of discussions they're having at the movie companies, you know, on the one hand, it's it's easy to get them. You know, I I wish some of these big movies would come out on streaming services. You know, it'd be nice I, to watch the Bond film at home, and I think I would be willing to to pay a premium for that. But other people say, and I and I don't disagree with them. You, know, you want to see the new Bond film on a big screen in a, in a busy theater with other people, but you can't do that right now, and probably for the next year. Well, I'll push that even further. I've, I've been thinking a lot about this also in relation to the habits of even concert going. And I was looking at my week this coming week. And on October 30th, I had paid 15, 16 bucks to watch live uh, Pussifer, which is uh, Maynard uh, James Keenan from Tool, his, one of his other bands, mm-hmm. where they recorded this, their new album, which is also coming out this week. It's filmed in its entirety at the... Uh, Arcosanti in the Arizona desert, which is this very cool cement structure. And I was listening to them talk about it on the Joe Rogan podcast, and it just sounded amazing. So I go on and I purchase this to watch on October 30th. 
you could buy it with vinyl, you could buy it with a poster, you could even get a t-shirt sent to you, all this stuff comes later, but you get this virtual ticket, you can watch it quote-unquote live different times, and then you have 72 hours to watch it. That led me to Halloween night, which is Mr. Bungle is doing a massive live virtual concert experience as well on demand for 72 hours. Mike Patton from Faith No More is one of the members of, of Mr. Bungle. And again, I'm thinking concerts and experiences and bands adding this in, even when the live scene comes back, my habits are really changing. It's, it's mind-blowing to think about all these bands now. Some of them, look, they go live on Instagram and Facebook, and it's great. But they are really building out now these complex, big, amazing experiences. Metallica tried something at, the, at a drive-in, but now they're also doing these pay-per-view kind of acoustic things. And I, I think it's amazing. But given the choice, given the choice to see, let's say... Yeah, that's the thing, right? If I can yeah. watch... Po- Paul McCartney live at the Bell Center or Paul McCartney on my computer screen at home, it's it's no contest. It's absolutely no about contest. Like 20 bucks for Paul McCartney, who just is about to launch his new album that apparently he recorded you know, all by himself in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. You pay to see him in a small studio with a couple of the people in the band playing that. I think yeah. we would all go nuts for that. Yeah, right now I would, for sure. You know, it's... <laughs> right. it, it's 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 like the the Bruce Springsteen documentary of his new album on Apple TV. It's like being in the studio with them. They play ten songs, and you know you see them kibitzing around, and you get to see Springsteen's studio. It's quite something. But I can tell you, and you know this, that ain't nothing compared to seeing the boss live. No, but it's a massive bridge between what was. And yeah. what is yeah. what was, you'd probably yeah. get like four minute clip of him in that studio. You'd never get that type of experience. Mr. Bungle yeah. never put together this type of thing, nor would right. Lucifer or, or Maynard. So to see that in relation to th- that gap, it's a new form of content that we haven't seen. And I'm just smitten with it because I hope it stays even when things go back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this thing, this time traveler webpage you found. What's this all about? Oh, I thought you would love this. Miriam Webster, very famous publisher of the dictionary. We all had those in high school. Now we just Google everything. Yeah. You basically go onto this site called it's MiriamWebster.com forward slash time traveler and you put in the year that you were born. And what it will do is it will start layering out all of the words that were first put into print on that particular year, which is kind of strange to do, especially when you're of age of Perhaps you and I, Terry, where you got to scroll a little bit. Like some people can actually <laughs> die in the process of trying to get to what year they were actually. Yeah. Um, when I was born, Pinot Grigio. Or really? Or Minibar. Uh, very strange words. Wise ass came out in 1971, <laughs> which is probably very apropos for me. Performance art, open marriage. Words that you would think have actually been around and in the dictionary longer. Not so. I really found it interesting to not only do mine, but my kids, family members, spouse. It's it's wild to see. Okay, um, I, I, while you, you were do- you? yeah, while I, I while you were telling me your words, I checked uh, mine, and uh, the first one that comes up is acetaminophen, an air cushion vehicle, an alternative minimum tax, beatnik, burblan, car coat, carpet bag, steak. These are these are. Uh, 
These are some cross train in 1958. The first time wow. anybody said we used the word cross train. So you're right. This is this is kind of fascinating. I'm I'm going to pass this along to friends. It's MiriamWebster.com slash time traveler, right? Yeah, I mean, there's some hyphens in there. If you just Google yeah. it, you'll, you'll be sure to find it. And at that point, you'll realize that in 1971, the word beatbox finally <laughs> entered into the dictionary. <laughs> All right. And uh, I notice your app of the week is uh, close to home. I have been using the app only recently. I'm embarrassed to say, but it's the iHeartRadio app, which is obviously part of the Bell Media and Shome family. Yeah. If you want to really hear it digitally, the app... The sound quality on the app is phenomenal. I guess you're not dealing with radio airways and all that, all that sort of fun stuff. I've been really enjoying not just CJD and Shom, but other stations and other there's podcasts in there. It's a very cohesive app, but for me, it was just the clarity of hearing radio. It, yeah. it, it astonished me. It's great. Yeah, well, and plus you can take your pick of, you know, you can li- I always found it interesting. One of my favorite things to do as a radio junkie was always to try and listen to radio stations in other parts of the country, and now it's really I'm easy to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so great. But again, I mean, my, my default would be to actually find the radio, and now having yeah. <laughs> it on all my devices with great clarity, I can sit in my home office and have it running, and like you said, switching what's happening in Winnipeg or Vancouver yeah. or somewhere yeah. else. It, yeah, which is a, a lot of fun. All right, Mitch, uh, great catching up. As always, enjoy the week, and we'll talk next Monday. Monday, we'll see you then, Terry. Thanks okay. so much. Have a see great day. Okay, see you later. Day.